Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. On this episode, we will be talking about Shrill with our special guest, Margot Cavendeck. Hi! Hello! <laughs> Hello! Uh, Margot uh, is a longtime friend of mine who is also one of my bridesmaids in my wedding. Um, she also currently works at Bra Savvy, which uh, is a full-figure bra stop in... Where is it? Uh, it's a specialty bra store in Matawan, New Jersey. Matawan, there we go. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the store? Um, well, we've been in business since 2009. Um, basically, we are all expert fitters, and we are there to help you find the best fit bra for your body. And what sizes do you generally go up to? Um, we go up to, I believe, the largest band size that we carry is 52. Largest cup is O. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, we know that Shrill isn't technically fandom-related, but all of us watched it and absolutely adored <laughs> it, and so we don't really have rules here, other than our own rules, so we're doing it anyway. Hey, fandom's fandom. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Fandom so, is fandom. what is everyone's just, like, general thoughts on Shrill? I loved it. Yeah, do we want to just do a brief uh, summary of it real quick? Sure. Why don't, why don't you, Jenny? Yeah, sure. Great. Um, <laughs> you're, you're by far the best at it. So. <laughs> after after I have an hour to think about it, usually. <laughs> um, but basically, so anxiety. <laughs> uh, it's about a woman named Annie who works at a publishing company. I think it's mostly online and kind of her life and everything she goes through. Um, as a plus-sized woman and um, just her uh, things that related to her love life and her career and um, her social life in general. Um, yeah, so it was. it's based on a book called Strill, which I think is just a bunch of essays, but they made I it. Didn't, I don't realize it's based on a book. It's, yeah. it's based on a book, and I think it's about... Oh, what's her name? Did A.D. Bryant write the book? No. Or... No. No, 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 no. She's... no. She's this the person that portrays the character, but I believe this book is a memoir. Yes, it's it's like a bunch a of memoir. essays. Um, so it's not like a fictional story that it's based right. on. They made it into a fictional story based on the writer's life. Uh, but that's the background. And the writer's name is Lindy West, by the way. There you Thank go. you, Margo. <laughs> that's her name. Sorry. Thank you. I was like, what did I forget? So you were saying you loved it, right, Akita? I was saying that I loved it just because it was, I thought it was nice seeing something that's not to say that it's real life because there's so many reality shows and all this stuff. There. It's like, this is the real life. And I'm like, actually, no, this isn't. But seeing this I was like, yeah, I can see this. I can relate to this. I can understand this. And this is me saying this as not a full figure woman, but seeing it in like, yeah, these are interactions that people have in their everyday life. And, yeah, and it's the show, more, it's more the, um, specified to her because of because of the way she looks, but um, but it, it seems way more relatable and understandable, and it makes you really think about like how you perceive and how you treat others just by the way they look. Yeah, they did they did a great job showing like little microaggressions towards uh, plus size women. Yeah, Margot, you're trying to say. 
Well, I was saying like that. I, I believe it was like the opening scene where um, Annie goes to get a cup of coffee and she kind of sees this bulletin board, um, like fitness uh, instructor, uh, like a, I guess a it was a personal trainer, I guess. And she thought it was funny. And it, the personal trainer happened to be in the cafe when she took a picture of it and kind of sort of accosted her and right. just made her like. And it's That's like so she kind of had good intentions the personal trainer with like what she was saying you know saying like you know there's a small person inside oh of you just dying to oh get my out God. when she uh, grabbed her hand it was like you have tiny wrists all i could think about was etiquette school all over again mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to speak yeah. but you know it, it's it's you're absolutely right and it's like i, I do feel like people sometimes they, they tend to forget etiquette when it comes to like people you know plus size people um, you know, in that respect of the, I guess, a lack of respect, not intentionally, but, you know, it's there. Yeah. Well, I was thinking etiquette school because you're taught that, and I, I will admit that I was a little chubbier as a child. They're like, if you have tiny wrists, that's the part of you that you should definitely accentuate because it shows that you are tiny and you can be smaller. And I'm like, I'm never going to be that small. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and it's a thing where people just like, oh, you have such a tiny wrist that makes you dainty. And I'm like, it's just a bone. But also it's completely fucked up to assume that everyone, that the goal is for everyone to be smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The line that stood out to me was, you could be so pretty. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. my goodness. Oh. <laughs> it's like my my mother-in-law, God bless her. She is the sweetest. Like, I couldn't have asked for a better mother-in-law, you know? But she makes these sort of comments, and they are, I guess, microaggressions in this way, um, where she looks at these old photos of me when my husband and I got together, and I was significantly skinnier then. And she makes these comments saying, like, you look so happy. You look like a different person. And uh, I just, every single time she does it, it it takes so much self-restraint to just be like, yeah, I had an eating disorder back then. Yeah, I just like I don't want to make it uncomfortable because I know she means well, but oh my god! Sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's like just if you make them uncomfortable those few times, and it's like like learn basic respect and respect somebody because what who who cares what they look like then? Be happy that they are with you now. Yeah, it's part of that culture of like um, someone being like. You look so good. Did you lose weight? Oh, yeah. She, yes. That's another thing. Yeah. They, that's her and her sister um, are like that all the time. It's like I'll, I'll go in with like a full face of makeup, but like a holiday and they'll be like, you look you look great. You're glowing. Have you lost weight? And I'm like, not intentionally. No, <laughs> not on purpose. Yeah. I contoured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I just got a good I got a good contour from Ulta. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I just think it's a very dangerous like mentality and way to compliment someone. It is um, agreed. Knowing knowing the amount of people in my life personally that have had or have eating disorders. And even myself, and, I've had to. I'm sorry. Um, check myself on how I compliment people because I used to oh, at some point say like it's something you it's learn. Built in. It's built it's, into you to say that you look thin, and it's like. I instead say, wow, you look really healthy today. Wow, your hair looks great. Mm -hmm. Wow, you look really happy. Like, other things Mm -hmm. that isn't focused on, you look thin, because thinness does not equate to healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the show, though. um, 
what else did you kind of think about the story and how this journey she she basically went through of self-discovery? I loved how, you know, it showed, it was like a very empowering story of her like learning to love herself as like, you know, while obviously still struggling with it and just like at every step of the way still having to deal with like getting knocked down. Yeah. I, and like I appreciated that, that it sorry go so it was real yeah you know it was like but it, there was also they were also very careful to like not make it super like in your face that that was what yes. was going on like it it, it wasn't really about her struggle with weight and self image so directly but it's sort of all of these things that happen to her because of the fact of that she's plus size and how the world interprets her. So it's yes. it's not really saying like, you know, it's not people saying, oh, it's because you're fat. You know, it's just be, it, they're saying and doing things because she's fat, but not explicitly saying so. It's the microaggression. Exactly. That yeah. Exists because... And I really yeah, appreciated like, that. Yeah. Like, like people like, like not to relate the two, but like, it's like how people think like racism only exists if you're like wearing like. Like a KKK yeah, like it, it's like you have to be extremely racist to be racist because even if you're a regular person doing microaggressions, you you wouldn't consider yeah. them racist because it's not outwardly. Yeah, like I like I put up a poll in our Instagram, which I'll I'll share the poll in a little bit when we're talking about clothing. Um, but the point of the poll was to ask if like different like microaggressions are fat shaming. Like, different things that you wouldn't necessarily think of as, like, overtly, like, shitty. But it's, like, when you think about them at all, in my opinion, you'd be like, oh, actually, yeah, that is a version of fat shaming. Why don't we go through, like, her interactions, for example, with her boyfriend? (sighs) Not really yet. I mean, like, it's, yeah. Oh, (laughs) collective groan. Margo, don't, 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 don't fuck me up like that come on <laughs> don't ask me like that i'm sorry it's okay I, no Margo look god i have a type and i'm like i hate it's not even it's not even ryan's I, personality physical, it's, physical, it's, it's, physical. it's physical it's purely physical physical He's, what yeah. <laughs> metaphysical <laughs> he, look, he looks kind of like her husband kind of yeah Does he? <laughs> but her husband is a is a sweet angel sent from the heavens he's a cinnamon bun <sighs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I. Yeah. No. Her. He's an anti-Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Ryan is a total fuckboy, and I fucking hate him. I don't and he's e- and he's every dude that I have ever dated before my husband, uh, who just like tr- treated me like we were in like a non-relationship because he was like too embarrassed to like show me off to anyone. And it's like, it's so, it's funny because like, I've always had a very difficult time explaining like what my relationships were. And then I saw this show and I was like, this is every relationship I've ever been in. This is so fucking weird. Like, yeah, like not even being introduced like to someone's like roommates. Yeah. Like, right. He is, I wouldn't even, he's like below, he's just like a sewer rat. Oh my God. He's just sewer water. And like every, yeah. And like every interaction is just like trying to be like a teaching moment for him. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and like... It's like talking to a child. Right. It really mm-hmm. is. So it, it just seems like he's just one of those men who seeks a mother 
like figure mm-hmm. in their Well, girlfriend. his mother comes and does his laundry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What in the your dude's like in his mid thirties, I'm assuming, or late whatever, however old he is, he doesn't live at home. His mother is still coming to his house and cleaning and doing his laundry. That is that, that's already weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love uh, the conversation that Annie and Fran have um, wh- where, like, you know, she's explaining why she's with him. And, like, basically, like, her self-esteem is, like, so low. She thinks, like, this is all she's worth. Like, this fucking dude who won't even take her on a date. Wouldn't uh, even take it. He she crawls out of the back window. That's even. I know. Worse. I love. I love that it showed him having to like do it. Go back <laughs> through that room, but and then uh, yeah, and then Fran says we need to untrain you from thinking of yourself in such a brutal way, which is like such a good line. <laughs> right. Yes. It does. Honestly, Fran is a great friend to Annie. Like as I watch the show and watch their interactions with each other, and I'm like, wow, she is a friend that sometimes I wish I had a friend growing up. Not now. I have them now. Mm-hmm. You guys know. <laughs> but like growing up and being younger and having such low self-esteem, I wish I had somebody that would be like, think about yourself better because you are better and you are an amazing person. And I think about myself now and I think of how much I've grown, but how much I could have grown if I like had that friend. But the thing is we're all trained and it's also ingrained in us to be so negative thinking towards ourselves that you already feel that way. And I can only imagine how much worse it is for somebody who is fuller figure and already has people, already has society hating them just for the fact that they have a larger body. Like, Yeah. Also, I love the, I just love the cast on this show. Yeah. Like how so many like larger women and then like, like her best friend is like the other main character in the show and she is black and queer yes and then her other close friend that she works with is a black man and then it's just there's just like not that many cis straight white people on the show right even her boss who is terrible is is a gay man yeah yeah Yeah. who is who is uh john cameron mitchell He's um, what's his what's his character's name again? I know he's supposed to be Dan Savage. Is he Gabe? Yeah. Like, well, is I'd... it Gabe? Gabe Parish? Right. No, Dan. Gabe Parish. That's the character's name. He's supposed to be Dan Savage. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read this now. Like, it's on my on my books wish list. Of things I'm reading, I'm reading so many books, but yeah. Um, Can uh, I don't know who that is? Can you explain? Um, he was one of like the first people to openly talk about like queer sexual relationships, etc. Like on a uh, in like a public forum. Okay. Um, so he's very revered for that, but also a lot of his stuff is it's hypersexualized and mostly targeted towards super skinny. Fitting yeah. in this mold type yeah. of hot people when there yeah. are lots of hot people out there. I'm sorry. It's like, like you don't have to fit into this mold in order to be considured gorgeous. And yeah. it was one of those. He, he's even had some problematic 
things come out where he's like, if you're ace, then you should come out and tell your partner on the very first date. Otherwise, what's the point? And I'm like, ah, that's not okay. <laughs> like in my head, I was like, that's not okay. And not all relationships are based around sexual intercourse. Some people don't want it. Yep. <sighs> he's, he's, he, he was groundbreaking then. But he's not, he does. He hasn't been um, entirely inclusive of all, no, all queer that's, people. Yes, yes, that's the thing. Um, but aside from him, other men in the show, I know this guy wasn't really in it, but the pharmacist, he was useless. Oh my that God. That pharmacist, like, I love that they just like call him like useless or dumbass so or whatever. Angry, and it was like the woman pharmacist, and it's always the woman who has to come in and clean up some guys' fucking mess. She's like, "Oh yeah, that guy, he's an idiot." And I'm like, "You've been coming here for seven months, and he hasn't said a single word to you." Yeah, it's bad. A single word, or, or like four months, and and him not saying anything, or letting you know, or telling you the risks, or what could happen just because. Plan B doesn't work for someone over 175 that is, pounds. Like, which, by the way, that is insane, and that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, I didn't know. Is that it the either. dosage is like? It's that? that the dosage is too. It's too low. Yeah. Right. Oh, so so which, which makes perfect sense. Like right, but like then when they you get should medication. Like it, a lot of times, it's based on your weight. Yeah. Like, yes, but then it should also be included that you need a higher dosage. Yeah. And get said higher dosage. Yeah. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that's absolutely wild. Uh, and I, I, want to, I want to go back to that in a hot second. But I want to finish talking about just like her relationships with different people, specifically like her parents and like her mother, mm. even more so. Um, I'm very disappointed in her mother. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not surprised. I am not. Yeah, Jenny, I want, I want your opinion. I, it's, oh my god. Let me just, uh, do we have three hours? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is very, very common for internalized fat phobia to pass from the mother to the daughter and on and on and on. Yep. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, like, like you mentioned earlier, your mother-in-law, like, and my own mother like too. That. Yeah, mother. Yeah, like my mother was, um, she was anorexic, like straight up anorexic, her whole life, and would kind of like she would push that on me growing up. Like I was, I was a very fast eater when I was a kid. You know, like they would put a plate down in front of me, and I would basically devour it in five seconds. And you know, she would always kind of get on my case about it. She's like, "If you keep eating that way, you're gonna end up enormous. You're gonna end up diabetic." Blah 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 blah. You know, she would really kind of get on me for that. And um, you know, it did create a lot of like body dysmorphia, where I did perceive myself to be much larger than I was. Um, like even when I was like a size eight, I thought that I was just enormous and disgusting. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. My mom will say things like, "You won't ever find a boyfriend if you're fat." No one. She'll say things. Like, well, okay. <laughs> look, my mom's like, she's like, and like traditional Asian mother. So she'll say she'll say things like, like even going to work, they'll they won't hire you because you're fat, which is crazy. Right? That's not... Yeah, I mean, I, I've gone back and read... I, I'm a creepster, and 
very, I love Jenny a lot. So I've gone back <laughs> and read some of her, like, you know, like 10 year old, like, um, posts that are <laughs> oh like, like, like quizzes, like type <laughs> things. And I've, and some of the, some of the things like you, you've like responded with that, like your mom has, has like said to you have made me very sad. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> well, but it's like, in, it's been since the same since we were ch- children. Yeah. It's, it's hard and it's in the family and it's pervasive within the family and within society. And it's like, what troubles me the most about this, and I've had my share of the brunt of being, of eating too much or like all the other things that come along with it from my own family, but also it's, it, it, I don't think what's really hard is that they don't realize just how much of a toll it takes on one children and then children who aren't going to be able to get these like emotions treated or checked and how it develops into adulthood. Yeah. Right. And in the show, she doesn't go as a child. She doesn't go out in her bathing suit until no one is around. Yes. Which is so, that is so sad because when you think about it, this is a child. They should be able to go out in their swimsuit and have fun in a pool. Mm -hmm. You're a child. Like, that should be one of the most fun things to do is to play in a pool. So why? That affects socialization, you know? It does. Yeah. And the fact that her mother didn't even, like... like Say anything. That she didn't even realize, like, that was the problem. Like, she's just like, why don't you want to go outside? And she's just like, I don't don't feel like it. You know, she didn't even realize that that was the reason why is because she just didn't feel comfortable in a bathing suit, you know, being around people because of the things her mother was saying to her, presumably. Yeah, and then later in life, you know, when she's an adult and she finally confronts her mother about it. Oh, so I'm... Or, 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 what, or well, whether it's that she confronts her mother about it or, or that, like, she she wrote up the article and, mm-hmm. and, and her mom is mentioned in it. And then yeah. it's her mom reacts in the way that she's, like... But, I mean, honestly, like... Horrible and abusive and all this stuff and, like... Do you know how that made me feel reading that? But think about how she's felt her entire life. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, like, like I went I went through something similar with my mom I, who like I mean I like I love my mom to death. Um but like we've had our fair share of traumatic past things from my childhood and it's a shame to me that like if I think this is just like a general thing like if you confront your parents about something they can't hear you. Instead, they think that you're saying, like, they've ruined your whole life. And yeah. they're, like, the worst parents on earth and this and that. And it's like, why aren't, why aren't you just, like, more concerned with just, like, my feelings if I'm supposedly the thing you care the most about? Yeah. Like, what? Like, just, like, put your feelings aside for a second. Like, no one is saying... Like, it's not... Like, I don't think Annie was saying her mom is, like, the worst fucking... Mom That's in the world. not enough. Like, she, was like she definitely wasn't saying that. <laughs> like, but like, but it like, just means it just means recognize my feelings. Like, recognize that like some of the things you said had this very negative impact on. She thinks like, my personhood. She thinks that she came from a good place, though. That's the problem. Yeah, she thinks it, that. Well, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention, Mama knows best. Was um, yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to mention specifically was that uh, her her husband, right, is recovering from cancer, yes. right? And that is tied with 
healthiness. And so she has another reason. So it's like, it's it gets all mixed up, right? With yes. healthiness, with, uh, yeah. like, fatness, and, like, so she thinks by, she's helping her husband, she's helping her daughter by putting them on, like, these diets, making sure they're healthy, and, uh... And to be fair, her mom is probably going through her own depression. Right. Dealing with her husband having cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think that, like, I mean, like, when, when she's, like, laying on the ground or whatever, she kind of, like, realizes, like, oh, she kind of was, like, being harsh. I don't know. In her reaction. I, we don't know what the hell happened, where she went. <laughs> I think but. she realized she needed to take care of herself. I think that's what she yeah. realized. Yeah. Which I liked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it seemed like it, it seemed like it ended in like, okay, like I realized like I should like hear what my daughter is saying. I do care about my daughter. Like maybe I need this time to myself to like be able to do that for her. I was saying that there's like, there, there's this whole um, tone of like self-sacrifice that comes with the territory of being a parent. And I, I say this as somebody who's not a parent, but I mean um, that, that sort of, uh, that, that, that way of thinking of like, you know, like how much have I sacrificed to, for you kind of thing. So yeah, I, I do think that towards the end, she realizes that she didn't really make any time for herself in that way. So that's probably why she did what she did at the end. Um, realizing that like all of the things that she was doing with good intentions kind of not blew up in her face kind of thing. We're just kind of misguided. Yeah. There's not a definitive rule book for being a parent. Of course not. And like your inter- internalized like misogyny and everything, which like fat shaming is part of, um, get passed on yeah Yeah. so and it's very hard to like untrain yourself from that especially as a mom who is now going through the stress of just like being a fucking mom yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and going back to like the association of fatness with unhealthiness there's a lot of um people in the show who kind of make that association. Oh, Gabe definitely does Mm -hmm. that. Right, especially when he's like, Mm -hmm. when they all decide to do group. Forced fun. Group exercise. (laughs) Forced fun. They all go for a bike ride and she was late. And he was like, well, everyone else is on time. And the person that happened to need it most was the one that was late. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Gabe has some anger issues. (laughs) He's just a dick. Ugh. God, <laughs> he really is. But I mean, but yeah, equ- equating equating thinness to health is dangerous. It's dangerous, and and also like people, he doesn't care if she's unhealthy. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't. He just wants to judge her. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the thing when strangers or people you don't know well, like. Say, oh, you should eat more healthily, healthily, so you can, you know, lose weight. And I want you to be healthy. They don't care. They don't actually care. They don't actually care. They're not involved in their lives. It's just them making these comments, so they they feel it, so they have the moral high ground to do. Yeah, so. Yeah, which is why it's funny that like you, like you guys are saying like the the woman at the shop had like probably had good intentions. Like she didn't have fucking good intentions. She didn't have she, good she's intentions. A, she's a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. She's a salesman and that line has worked somewhere for her, so she decided to use it again. Right. And it's worked for her because she has been successful guilting someone. Yes. Preying on the and insecurities of the, her potential clients. 
Yeah, exactly. and, and it's not how you want to like win over. It's not you want to make sure that people feel welcome and comfortable exactly. because <laughs> telling somebody you have to be thin or there's a thin person inside of you, like <laughs> yeah, that's like <laughs> such an insane line. That line drives more insane me that crazy. It's a real thing, people are. Told. It is such <laughs> a real thing, and what bothers me so much is just why I used to love following um fitness bloggers or whatever. And I'm like, I'm tired of all of you pretending that you have fat rolls. I'm tired of all of you telling me that you can look like this too. I'm never going to look the way you look. My body is not built to look like yours. My genes from my parents, from my ancestors are never going to get me to be what you are. My body's going to look the way I look and develop the way I develop. Yeah. And like, like she talks about how, uh, she tries to be nice. She tries to have these specific traits that she has, in order to kind of make up, quote-unquote, for her fatness, you know, so that people are attracted to her, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure people can relate to. They try to make up for their fatness in some other way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, There was was an article that I found a little while ago, and I actually just pulled it up here. Uh, Was it on Bustle? It was, I don't remember if it was on Bustle, but I found it on Dazed here, saying, like, why is hyper-femininity expected of fat women? And it's just this idea. Who's Marie Southerd yeah. Yeah, I met her once on the train. (laughs) She literally, she had a Doctor Who backpack, and I looked at her, and I was like, I Ah. like your backpack. And then I realized, was like, that's the girl that also did the um, Photoshop me in what your country yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. I was like, it's her! <laughs> Long ago on That's the train. That's so funny. <laughs> but, um, New yeah, York City, that, y'all. That article really did strike a chord with me because um, a lot of my personal aesthetic is very hyper-feminine. I'm very much into makeup. I'm very much into dresses and, like, lace and, you know, frilly things. And, um, and I feel like my, my my husband gets on my case about this all the time. Like, I feel like I need to be like a minimum level of presentability to like even just take the trash out some days because what if someone sees me, you know, mm-hmm. and I just I, I don't like this idea of being like, I, I do feel like there is this sort of internalized thing about like being a plus size person that I can't I'm not allowed to walk outside in my pajamas and slippers because mm-hmm. that just makes me look like a slob. A fat yep. slob is like, you know. And I hate that I knew the exact words that you were going to say. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something and that's... I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. that I like was able to know the exact words that you were going to say. Yeah. Here's, here's my question. When you go out, do you check your reflection in like glass and stuff a lot? I have a mirror right by my... my my front door I check myself before I leave and I do I do kind of check myself in mirrors and windows and everything like that and um yeah I'm just I'm constantly checking myself and that's something I do too yeah and yeah. I wonder how common that is among yeah. I do it too okay I think women just do it I think yeah I think I just I think I just like the way I looked oh <laughs> that, a well, little bit of that too because sometimes yeah. I'm just like I'm just feeling myself you know I'm just yeah. I think I yeah I do think that that is like baseline just like a certain level of like the feminine experience a, a, a woman like, like a, a woman who wants to be feminine right. at all uh, in the world um because like you're just looked at a different way than men are yeah um but it is so uh, it's just like, it's just like men like men can take like five minutes to get ready but like a lot of time like women can't do that because like a man a man like can look like a slob and it doesn't matter yeah right but like if i'm not wearing eyeliner Everyone is like, "Why are you so tired today? Why are you so tired? I don't understand why are you so tired." And I'm like, "I'm not are you, tired. Are you feeling I just okay? don't have you an eyeliner." Sick. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I'm tired, but I'm always tired, and so is Ben. Why are you bothering me? Yeah. <laughs> like, ben is a hundred times more tired than I am. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, you know, my husband can go out. He, you know, sometimes forgets to put gel in his hair, and you know, <laughs> no one, no one bats an eyelash about that, you know. Um, yeah, not to, not to minimize the fact that, like, I, d- I do think that plus size women have to double down. Yeah. And it's something too, also because of, um, like I identify as non-binary. I just tend to really like the feminine aesthetic. Um, but like, the Oh my more... God. Also, wait, we I'm forgot so to, to ask. Oh no. Every time we have, I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> fucking asshole. Every, every time we have someone on, we, we ask them their pronouns mm-hmm. and I forgot. I, I didn't ask yours oh, because no. I've been friends with you for like fucking like eight years, <laughs> and so I forgot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we all use um she her hers. Marco, what do you use? I flip between she her and they them. It's just kind of whatever I'm feeling the mood at the moment. Um, today's a she her kind of day, so we'll go with that. Okay, cool. I apologize for not asking. Oh you no, the top it's of the okay. Episode, like we normally right. do. But okay, sorry, let's what continue. Was, what I, I'm sorry I, for interrupting you saying? as well. Um, oh, so, so identifying, um, just like coming into my understanding and coming to terms with like my non-binariness. Um, anytime I try to sort of step out of this comfort zone of mine, like this comfort zone of femininity, and like try to assert myself more masculine. Um, I'll have these like roller coaster moments about it. Like I, I cut my hair into a pixie cut recently and I was like living for it. I'm like, look at this. This is so cute. I can pompadour my hair and look like mask as fuck. <laughs> I love and it. It's just, and then like immediately I just kind of tanked and I'm just like, I'm ugly. Aww, <laughs> my husband doesn't think I'm pretty anymore. I don't know. It's just like, it's like, I'm not I'm, true. I'm, no, <laughs> sorry. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's just my, my, my anxiety brain starts doing that. And, uh, it's just, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I'm Doug's in the background, just like staring at her with hard eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say that I, I understand and I relate to it because I also have short hair and very curly to afro. Mm. And I usually, most of the time, have extensions and I have it in colors, like really mm. pretty princessy pinks and purples because I want to look extra feminine. I want uh-huh. to look even more girly because I feel like with my natural hair, I can't achieve that look yeah i started so. i started buying wigs for that purpose too is because like on the days that i feel like i want to be like hyper feminine or if just you know if i just kind of want to experiment with my look another thing is that i dye my hair crazy colors all the time and i can yeah, it always as, looks great and i i like right now i got this gorgeous lavender thing going on and i'm really living for it but um <laughs> it's um yeah uh but like literally i i'll wake up tomorrow and be like i miss having my hair green you know so it's i yeah. can't i can never make up my mind so I'm like, I'm just going to start buying wigs and just kind of switch it up as I feel, you know, and definitely has been a huge, um, you know, thing for my mental health to be able to do that just because yeah. otherwise I just like fret and I hem and I haw about it. And yeah. Do you have any favorite companies? <laughs> um, there's this company that I get a couple on Amazon. It's called like uh, Crisma, I think. They make really, really nice lace front wigs. And oh. Yeah, I, I like the lace front because um, they tend to look a little bit more natural if you get them right. Yes, but do. And mm-hmm. they're they're nice. They're synthetic, so you got to kind of work with them to not be so shiny. But whatever. <laughs> Thanks for recommending a brand. I know a lot of people have a hard time finding, like, a good company to work with. Yeah. 
but and they're really affordable too. The couple of wigs I've gotten have been like forty, forty-five, like not even forty dollars. So and they look, you know, they look pretty decent. So I've been having they fun just with take them. Some work. Yeah, I've, I'm still kind of out of practice with it, like trying to get the the edging right and everything. But yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, but you know, it's it's all in good fun. So. <laughs> um, I want to stray from talking about um like being plus size in general and fashion and all that to just like quickly talk about how like they like really do an amazing job showing her abortion Mm, yes they just like don't shy away from the fact that that's what she's doing they show it that's the main thing like that it's so fucking cool yeah that and um have y'all watched glow on netflix no. no. Yes. Oh, um, well, okay. So Danielle has seen it. Um, the In the first season, the main character, um, she gets pregnant and has to have an abortion. And they, they do depict that, too, in a very... Um, in, in a very positive light, I believe, you know, it's just, it, it obviously is something that she was like struggling with, you know, it was something that she was debating doing, but, you know, she went through with it and they did kind of show the whole process of it and didn't demonize it in any way. And then it just, you know, it, it happened, she dealt with it and they moved on. And I thought that that was that one and how they perceived, how they, um, presented it in shrill. I, I'm really appreciating that this is what media is doing right now, especially yeah, like, um, I'm sorry, especially it just in light of, you know, all of the, 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 the pro-life just screaming that's happening in our country right now. With it's like, actually anti-choice. Anti, now. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I, I, anti-choice. I want, yeah, you know, I want to change the language around it. Yeah, yeah. I, I say pro-life with heavy air quotes. Right. So it's like I know this is all audio, but you, I'm sure you can feel the air quotes. But yeah, yeah. it's just <sighs> this massive misunderstanding or just straight up ignorance of like. Uh, so many things right like a Mm -hmm. like what Planned Parenthood is Mm -hmm. like thinking that Planned Parenthood is all abortions or even that like government funding goes towards abortions which doesn't um like Planned Parenthood a is a clinic for both men and women and non-binary people um like they provide like cervical screenings like for cancer and like just like physical smears pep smears Mm -hmm. stds uh, I believe I like, believe prenatal care as well. Prenatal, yes, prenatal care. Mm-hmm. They they have so many services that people, especially people of lower income, yeah, would not be able to get anywhere else. I believe um, the statistic is less than three percent of procedures done at Planned Parenthood are actual abortions. Yes, and they're so, also paid for by the precisely by, like, the person. They're not yeah. paid for by the government. But but in my opinion, even if Planned Parenthood was straight up just an abortion clinic fully paid for by the government i would be 100 percent in favor of it because anything is better than like like backyard hanger abortions or which like not like banning planned parenthood banning legal abortions is not going to decrease the abortion rate like right like there's been many statistics that show it actually increases the abortion rate and increases the death rate amongst women right like it's it's wild to me. And also it's extra insane to that like abortions are just seen as something like women women just like willy nilly do and yeah. it's all it's all their fault. That's it. Just all their fault. Because somehow everyone is fucking merry and can just like immaculate conception and have babies. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like 
men it's... apparently have no doing in this. Oh no, they don't do anything. They're they're, they're not involved at all. Like I, I really wish that like more men were vocal about the fact that they have abortions. Mm-hmm. Because like I, you know like sometimes you'll see like women like share articles and be like you know like I had an abortion and blah blah blah. Uh, no, sorry to be dismissive by saying blah blah blah. Um, I wish more men would do that too, because. It's like, yes, you are also part of this. Like, you mm-hmm. are in the decision-making process. Like, And if you're not, it means that you are so far detached from the situation that why would she have done anything other than have an abortion? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, like, what happened with Cheryl, basically. Oh, my God. His mother. Oh. Saying, We're going to have a burial for the fetus. That is, that was so creepy and so unnecessary. And why are you injecting yourself into this person's life? You don't oh, know her. Just the, the, the like... The fact that the icebreaker was, you know, my Ryan tells me that you aborted my grandbaby. I'm like, oh, Oh, God. God. (laughs) Yeah, great, great start to a relationship, let me tell you. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, just like the, I don't know, the the toll taken on women who have abortions is just, it's just massive. Like, I... Like I, I raised money for Planned Parenthood two years ago, and when I, I remember did, that when, that when was I a did fun this, time. Geek and Sundry um, shared shared um, my fundraiser, and you know, like more people were positive than negative, but the trolls on it, feeling the weight of like ever of people just like in in mass being so anti-abortion is like this must be what it feels like to have had an abortion and then have to non-stop like read articles about how people who have abortions are murderers and horrible people or whatever so it was like i felt like all this weight at once and like i can't imagine having to like have like have to read this every fucking day like how horrible Stop being horrible. Just stop being horrible. Like, <laughs> it's already hard enough to have had to have done it. As, right. an, as <laughs> an aside to that, I'm like, the thing that tickled me the most about that whole debacle with Geek and Sundry was that. Well, no, no, this, there was no debacle with no, Geek and Sundry. No, I'm Geek saying like, with, the, with the commenters. Okay. You know, it's like that with like the commenters on the Geek and Sundry feature was that like, this was a fundraiser for a Wonder Woman dress. And like these people these self-proclaimed geeks i guess um were like railing off about you know abortion is murder and planned parenthood should be defunded and nobody seemed to remember that the creator of wonder woman was in a polyamorous relationship with um the daughter and aunt of the two women who founded planned parenthood in the first place <laughs> so it's like i i really do think that you know like there, there was somebody that actually said that like the creator of wonder woman would be turning in his grave over this and I'm like well actually i'm pretty sure he would give his full endorsement if i'm being honest considering yeah. his association so uh, yeah. it's just it's like you couldn't have picked a more perfect character dress to associate with planned parenthood so i know it was, i was like i was like have you read any issues of wonder woman ever yeah like, that too what are you talking about yeah and also like geek and Sundry was so amazing and hilarious on those posts they were just like very in support of it <laughs> they're just very supportive amazing people um i remember like someone commented someone commented like well, what do i get like if i don't want to murder babies and someone someone said like a copy of the handmaid's tale <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah. I just, we're a podcast about mental health, so I just <laughs> think it's important to bring up, like, how heavy it is on mental health for people who have had abortions that they constantly be slammed on. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want to go back yes. to talking about, like, fashion and clothing related yeah. to mm-hmm. um, plus-size women? Let's sure, you don't get real that. heated about this. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, but Margo, why don't you start off? How 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 hard how um how difficult is it to find something you love in your size? It's, it's sometimes incredibly frustrating, and I I do find that um a lot of the bigger retailers are stepping up um of late. You know, I can walk into Target and find some really really cute stuff that actually goes to my size, and that's pretty great. Um. But, you know, I still can't, you know, if if I wanted to walk into a PacSun and try to find something, you know, like there are <laughs> packs. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started. I don't even fit there. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I run into this a lot specifically with my job. I did, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. No. It's just like, I've never fit in there. And, yeah. And- I, I think I fit into some of like the the, the men's shirts, maybe. I could wear a, but, I could wear a belt. Yeah. That's about it. But it's, um... Or like a, like Hollister, that's another one that's like so skinny mini. And um, but the, there was something that I I run into a lot with my job is um, I, I you know I work in a bra store, and so like sometimes we'll get some like new products in, we'll get some new styles in, and I'll be like I'll fall in love. You know, as soon as I pull it out of the box, I'll be like I need this. Does it come in my size? And you know I check the catalog and it just goes up to a 38 band and maybe a G cup and I'm like oh yeah typical and I started to realize it's like certain brands I just I just know not to get my hopes up with mm-hmm. so and that's kind of that's that's been the whole of my experience as you know plus size person and I say this as even at my skinniest I was a size 10 so that's like that is maybe the cutoff for a lot of stores. Um, like stores like Hollister, PacSun, um, like those are really trend stores. Um, so growing up, that was really difficult for me because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to wear the popular kid clothes, but I, I and, could never fit and, into them. And and what is technically considered plus size? Um, I I do believe it actually does start at twelve. Yeah, that's what's considered so. the plus size now. Um, but I'm a twelve. I used to be an eight, and I. Th- feel like i'm still an eight but probably i'm not i can't i can't it's like i try to fit into all my clothing <laughs> that i yeah. used to wear two years ago even though i technically can't so i don't actually know what my size is anymore yeah i found i found a pair of skinny jeans that i wore in high school um it was a pair that i had handed down to my cousin at some point and they were like these like hot topic trip skinny jeans like pinstripes and bondage straps and shit super okay. cute super cute and like if i could if i could fit into them now i totally would rock them they were i would that i wore them in like ninth grade so i was maybe like a size seven or eight then and i'm looking at these things and i'm like this sh- the, the, the waist of this would not even fit around my thigh and i had the nerve to think of myself as fat then and it's just oof it's that the whole hindsight of that mm-hmm. you know and it's just kind of that that was one of those one of those moments, I just kind of chalk it down to like, oh, body dysmorphia. This is this is where it all came from, you know. It's I looked at yeah. myself in the mirror as a size seven and thought I was enormous, and really, you know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. I've you know I've I've accepted it. I've learned from it, and I've kind of I love myself in spite of it. 
And that's that's kind of my survival tactic is just to love myself in spite of it. So. Um, be- before talking more about different brands and clothing, which like I do want to talk about, um, because like a big part of the show is how, you know, th- like they wanted to make it kind of like a shoppable show, but they couldn't find enough brands available for plus size. Yeah. So they, they had to make their own, their own, um, clothing. But before, before even talking about that, because you just mentioned like, like acceptance and everything, did, is there any like any of like your own personal like tactics you want to share of like body acceptance and like radical self-love or anything because you've shared some with me personally and (laughs) it's it's really hard to say like like the specifics of like what I do as far as like my practice of self-love um I I kind of just I I do spend a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror specifically specifically naked I know it's (laughs) But, um, and I just kind of, good. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's this sort of like self analysis. And I just try to appreciate myself as much as I can. Like I'll, I'll sit here and kind of play with my fat rolls. I'll, I'll play with my boobs. I'll just kind of like appreciate the jiggle. And like, um, there is a, there's a woman who is on Instagram. She, I think her handle is body posse panda. And she does this thing where she'll just do like Instagram videos of her, like dancing in front of the camera in her bra and panties and she's all of this like you know she has all of this jiggle and all of this shake um and like her backstory was is that she used to be a model and she used to like starve herself and she kind of realized one day that this was just not making her happy so she kind of um and air quotes let herself go in that sense and you know and and by all accounts like you you look at her she's not like morbidly obese or anything like that but she's curvy and she's uh, flabby I guess is a term you know works for the situation but she decided that she wanted to do this for herself where she would kind of she would dance in front of the mirror and just kind of just let herself let her body move and she like learned to love and appreciate that and you watch these videos of her dancing and she's just having a great time she's grinning she's loving herself and um I was I was kind of well on my way into this sort of self-love journey when I discovered her Instagram account. And when I found that, I'm just like, that, that is what I need to do every single day is just kind of like, look at myself in the mirror, let myself move, appreciate the movement of my body, appreciate every little curve, every little jiggle, every little flabby bit, you know, and just love myself for that and just be excited for that. Um, and I, I could say that that's helped immensely. <laughs> And, is there, and if someone's depression about their size is so bad that they can't do that, is there anything you would recommend other, uh, than, other than seeking therapy? <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard question to answer because that, that was I, – I can't tell you like when the light switch kind of went off in my head of like being like, hey, you don't need to be like this about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um but it, that's, it really, hard, that's hard yeah. and impressive. Very yeah. impressive. It really, it really does feel like looking back on it, I just kind of woke up one day and I'm just like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of hating myself for not being what society wants me to be or be like, you know, or I'm really happy. <laughs> but it's, I, I keep, I keep wanting to use this phrase and it's, I feel like it has like these negative connotations of letting yourself go. 
because that's I feel like people people have said that to me like you know oh you you really let yourself go since the last time I saw you and I'm like yes oh my god but but yes but yes I have I absolutely have because I've let myself go right like I've let go of all of that 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 negative stigma I've let go of all of that that overly judgmentalness about my body and while it isn't in the state that I really would like it to be like I could I could stand to be healthier you know in the sense of I I am out of shape physically um that I would like to have a lot more endurance um you know I do have some health issues that eating better would be improved upon but my goal is not weight loss I actually just consulted with a nutritionist recently and I told him flat out my goal is not weight loss my goal is to have a healthier body if weight loss happens because of that then then it happens but it's not something I'm actively seeking because I want to love myself whatever my my shape is whatever my size is so yeah moving into the pool scene and how this was a very big this was a big moment for for Annie to feel comfortable and be able to go out in a swimsuit because for so long she's not been comfortable doing that even as a child going into adulthood she wouldn't do that and this was her in a public setting with other women who looked like her who's probably had the same but or similar journey as her in coming to accept their bodies um being open and confident and being in a safe space to be able to feel confident in their body yeah this was like her her like let it go moment yeah Yeah. it's like seeing all these women who are at completely different you know ends of their journey you know that she is kind of just beginning in that sense um and just realizing that this is it's kind of its own safe space you know and just being able to just be the way she wants to be who was the what was the name of the person who was uh hosting the party do you i don't know but she was really pretty yeah gorgeous (laughs) and she yeah she she looks like mine and margo's like best friend liana yeah Oh, a little bit, yeah. Right. She's got, she's got she that, that same like, like the, the, the curly haircut, like, yeah. Yeah. Margo messaged me. She's like, "Liana vibes. Liana vibes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was so like she she was a great role model basically for Annie to see the kind of woman she could be, who was very confident and comfortable with her body you know she was like yeah. lounging at this pool party like a goddamn queen you know like, yeah. completely yeah. And, and owning Fran herself is, like, is, there, yeah. is it is it hello vic was it vic vic could be yeah it was vic it was vic okay yeah um, all right yeah, yeah it was also great that you know she she ended up being lolly's love interest Yes. I love Lolly was like, go get her. She saw her as soon as she walked in. I know. I have to know (laughs) her. (laughs) Eyes on the prize. (laughs) I saw the prize. Well, Lolly's the actress's name, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Fran. 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 I follow her Instagram, so. But yeah, no, I I loved that. Like, watching that scene, I felt so happy for her. And I felt happy watching that scene because it's a scene that that doesn't play out very often in real life outside of these spaces. And that's, that bothers me a lot because when you think about it, that's such a safe space for her to exist in. But what, what really frustrates me a lot about safe spaces is that, is that they exist in silos and it's not out in public. It's not out in places where 
you're you're you are most of the times and it's like how do we get other people to be okay with letting other people exist and i don't mean it in a way of let everyone exist and let hate speech continue because it's technically a free free country or whatever but like don't spread hate where hate is not needed yeah well that scene was awesome it was um the whole fucking show is awesome uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah also and that that's where she also um is introduced to the woman who makes her own clothing um who doesn't really i don't to my memory serves me. I don't think she really plays like a role in the show. No. I don't think she ever comes uh, back. Other but... than just like fine. Other than I, I think they really just um introduced that character to make a point of being like plus size clothing doesn't really exist unless someone custom makes it, or it's or it doesn't exist and it's not cute. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, doesn't yeah exactly. Sorry, uh, or it's really cheap. Yeah, um, by, when I say cheap, I mean, like, not affordable cheap. I mean, like, cheaply made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about um, clothing. Yeah. With that. Um, so first, I want to talk about the poll that we did. Yes. Um, did several. several yeah. So we posted a series of polls. Um, Arkita, do you want to read them? And I'll I'll let people know, like, kind of the, the answers. All right. Sure. So I will. The first one that we had posted was Is it fat shaming to only sell sizes in extra small through extra large? The results came in 13 for yes and 3 for no. I personally. So I'm just going <laughs> to say I, I, I'm the one who wrote these and I obviously think all of them are fat shaming. I'm just going to say that straight up. <laughs> okay. Um, so what are you three? Yeah, I definitely think that it is a sort of like a fat shamey move to do. Like, um, if we want to kind of talk about a specific example, uh, the idea of like Victoria's Secret um, saying that they weren't going to make sizes for anything above a triple D because that's just not the customer that we want to have. That, that's essential. Uh. That's I don't remember the specific words, but it was just basically that they were saying that that was not they they weren't interested in catering to that clientele. And uh, surprise, they're closing down fifty eight stores. So what does that tell you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <nice> <laughs> <and done. laughs> yes, secrets out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing it's 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 happening more and more too is that um that retail providers clothing retail providers who aren't going to be accommodating are they're they're not going to last in the the, in the rat race they're just they're going to get picked right. off because obviously you know they're not going they're they're excluding a massive um demographic of people um and who on, have money to spend who have you, money to spend exactly yeah, I- at, le- at least half of my customers are what would fit into the category of above and extra large. Mm-hmm. So for like, sure. brands that don't sell above extra large, you are fucking up. Mm. And it's like, not only that, even if they are within like the, the, the target market, there is like this sort of um, this moral opposition to it. It's just like, well, that's not fair. So why would I want to support you if you're not going to be fair to anybody who would be interested in your product so yeah so they're they're it's a lose-lose situation so yeah jenny what do you feel um i don't think it's fashion no um, <laughs> 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 what? 
How dare you? Get out! And it's... let's exhale. Jenny! How dare you, Jenny? <laughs> yeah, right. Jenny is the control Jenny, panel. Jenny has Jenny left the chat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's not inclusive. Yeah, and again, like, fat shaming doesn't have to be overt. Right. Even though I personally think that is overt. Yeah. That's, it's gatekeeping, like, in a literal sense. It's yes. saying you are not good enough to shop in this store because you are not thin enough to shop in this store. So... I've never thought of it that way, but that is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's making an intentional decision as a brand not to include a sect of customers. Arkita, question number two. Number two is, is it fat shaming to sell above an XL, but the charge of fee to the customer? And keep in mind that... This is what is commonly referred to as a fat tax. So you're paying more for the same clothing item. So like oftentimes like a company that sells a shirt that's, let's say the shirt is $20, they will charge $22 if it is above a certain size. Mm-hmm. $25. Which like the thinking, the, the logic behind it is that like, well, it's costing the brand more money to get that product made. So they're charging the customer more yeah. for it. So they're not uh, losing money. I will say that fan mail, we did do that because we got charged extra for mm-hmm. the larger sizes. Yes. And we passed that along. And and how do you feel about that, though? Bad, but like, yeah. it's like we get charged it, you know? It's like we need to pay for it. So we like pass that along so that we like make any money whatsoever on the If you're shirts. a small business. So. I, yeah, so, so that that is the reason, right? Like right. you like you're being charged more, so you're just passing that along to make up for what you're being charged. And right. I fully understand that. I'm a strong believer in just just make just like work that into your price for everything. However much you are going to end up having to charge the largest person just like figure out a number to charge everyone instead. Mm-hmm. Whether that be charge literally a dollar more for everyone, that way you don't have to charge the larger sizes two to three dollars more. Sometimes it's five or more. Yeah, what, whatever the amount is, like yeah. work it into your cost so that you don't... Like, that's what I do when I price my dresses. I charge an amount that I will be happy with for everyone, no matter what size they are. And it, it, that's the way it kind of should be is, you know, for your, what is it? Your bottom line is um, you should be like factoring in what the maximum cost of pr- you know, production should be. Right. Regardless, like uh, across the board. Um, and that, that right there is just like, you know, cutting, cut, cutting corners and trying to save as much money as possible, which, you know, kind of plays into the idea of like the, the whole ethical consumption under capitalism thought process. Yeah. Um, Arkita, do you want to ask the next question? Yes. Uh, The next question is, is it fat shaming to only mainly showcase thin models for your brand? And that was at 100%. Yes, it is fat shaming. And I 100% agree that that is absolutely fat shaming. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's also how I feel about makeup and why I only buy makeup from certain brands. Yeah, definitely. It's so easy. 
it is to so use easy. models of different body types and mm-hmm. skin colors. I don't understand why. <laughs> like to only use thin white models, like to take it a step further, like is mind boggling to me. Yeah, like one of the most optimal ways that you can market yourself when it comes to you know, products like this, like make like cosmetics um and fashion and things like that is to show the most like diverse um you know, amount of people as possible showcasing that brand because you want to be able to have you know, as many people be able to insert themselves into that scenario and be like, I can see myself wearing that. I can see myself putting on that makeup, you know, and like that, that's just a painfully easy way to sell. It is so easy. And I will say, for example, when Fenty Beauty came out and said, I have all these shades off the bat, all the shades are there and actually advertised them with all the shades and all of a sudden, all these other companies are like, well, we always had these shades, too. And I'm like, where? Because I didn't know. Oh, you yeah. didn't tell me. I wasn't looking. If you told me that you had it, then maybe I would have bought it. But Fenty off the bat was like, I see that you have dark skin. I see that you need foundation. Here it is. I'm telling you that we have it. And I was I was working at Sephora, like, right at the, the height of the Fenty um the Fenty hype and we could not keep some of those shades on the shelf you know oh yeah mine was definitely still uh, not the first that one and um uh the the Huda Beauty Foundation which is another one that has a pretty diverse shade range like we had people calling in and they're saying I'm trying to find this shade and I've called six Sephora's and none of them have had it please tell me you do and it's like no I mean like it's sold out in the warehouse like Huda cannot keep these in stock and yeah. it's that like that is that right there just is the power of effective marketing and diverse marketing. And it's another it's another thing that businesses do to shoot themselves in the foot by, you know, it, by doing this sort of like gatekeepy standard like that. Yeah. And um, it's like and yeah. if you're worried about like not being able to find like, well, I want my models to have like a specific like professional look or something like that. OK, there are professional models that are plus size <laughs> like that, like all right, like. I mean, like, uh, so, like, the brand, like, Bombsheller, to talk about, like, geeky brands, um, they carry up to, I think, six XL? Yeah. In leggings. Ooh, yeah. And their photos are so phenomenal. <laughs> um, like, they're, they're just so, like, active and, like, everyone looks good in every one of their photos. And, like, like I'm sorry to talk about Little Petal so much, but I'm going to. <laughs> and, oh, well. Um, it's it's your like, podcast. It is my fucking podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> Um, and I'm like extremely vocal about being body posy with my company. Um, but like, you're like, you're talking about like how important it is to be able to like see yourself in like the clothing. And like, that is one of the biggest compliments that I get about my company, especially when at a convention, like people just like come up to me and Leanna and like, you work my booth, you know, they just Mm -hmm. come up and they are like, can I please hug you? Because like, this is so amazing. Like, th- like this looks like it's just me. Like these people, they just look like they're me. Yeah. And, like I cannot believe that like you're showcasing women like in my size. And I'm like, yeah, like why, why wouldn't I? These are just like my customers, like modeling for me. It's so much more powerful of a thing than thin people often think about. Yeah. I think as a, as a, thin person i would say yeah like i i mean i think like three or four years ago three or four years ago at awesome con um 
I was so like so like my my customers are or my models are my customers right so like and they're like they're just like my friend at the time they're like mainly just like my friends who lived in New York and not necessarily people who lived further away who would like travel so a lot of them were white women and at awesome con like one of my black customers said to me like hey like you need to put more of like more of like your customers of color like on your wall that's like visible because like i know you have a shit ton of them and like like we need to see more representation and i'm like i definitely agree with you like 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 I like I like I try to as much as possible. It's it's really just about like who can come up for photo shoots. But then I was like, that's not good enough. I shouldn't just base it on like, like who can like come in for photo shoots. I need to like be more active about that decision like making process to like yeah make sure like what I am putting out in the world is what other people can like see themselves in. Like I can't remember what the statistic is but like majority of women in this country are above a size 12 oh yes something something like that um you know the majority of the women in this country ident- like fall into the category of plus size so to you're you're alienating the majority you're creating this um this this false exclusive like exclusiveness that and i coming back to that idea of like gatekeeping it's like you're not that that creates that sense of you're not good enough and you're not pretty enough and that kind of nonsense yeah all right the next question which threw me for a doozy because i had never seen this before i'm sorry if if my wording was no i no. i'm just saying like reading it i was like who does this um is it fat shaming to have a direct link to a lose weight with perfect keto diet on your brand's homepage when you're a bathing suit company I have never seen this happen. Obviously, the results but are all yes. Obviously, yeah, yes, all of them were yes. And this is, I th- this is an actual thing, that that there's a pretty famous geeky bathing suit company that does this. And so, like, so in the geeky community, you know, we want to be as supportive as possible of each other, and we yes. want to always be building up each other's brands. And yes, we do. Like we don't want to be cutthroat and competitive or anything like that you know um so it is a little bit odd for me to be to like try to like call out any type of brands but at the same time it is scary to me that there is a brand that's scary to me like that (laughs) that does this like that that is it is scary to me and like i will if anyone messages me i will tell you the brand i'm not going to say it right now on the podcast because like I don't know that the two of you are comfortable with that, and it is also your podcast. Um, but, like, my co- my concern are my plus-size customers over this brand. Yes. Like, I think that is a dangerous thing to do, to only sell up to an extra large and then have a... A weight loss plan. There are only five links on their homepage... And, like, one of them is this, like, lose weight with a keto diet. Which I assume means that that is, Advertising like... Advertising? So, yeah, I assume that means, like, they are, like, paying them to have that on their website. A sponsored post kind of thing. A sponsored thing. post. But, but, like, that is fucking dangerous. There are other sponsors out there. There are other sponsors out there. You don't need to be pushing more diets, more fad diets on people. 
and keto is um oh it's, it's saying a, it wrong i don't keto yeah well i i only know this because my physical therapist is a nut for keto so it's like i i knew i i learned that i was saying it incorrectly as well because she just would not stop talking about it anytime i went in for you know what's it to for like physical therapy she would start talking about this this guy on youtube that you know is like revolutionizing the keto thing and she just like it apparently changed her life it's one of those things that kind of almost becomes like a cult mentality mm, that is I, the vibe i got yeah it's like the the people who follow it are very religious about it they're very enthusiastic about it and they want to tell everybody they're just like in uh, your face look, about it if they if, if they wanted to have a blog yeah. post about it yeah i'd be okay with that but to with have a heavy that, disclaimer but to have but to be a bathing suit company that is that is very focused on on the body you know what i yeah. mean and like bathing suits are something that people are very sensitive about like how their body is going to look in them and like even the thinnest of women like deal with like body dysmorphia and like what they think is fat shaming um uh-huh. <laughs> it's i mean it's part of this culture culture and i know that well wellness quote unquote is sometimes used in a different way in that it's like your life is yes good and he- you're healthy but it could be like even better um and do you know how ke- you know what keto is supposed to be for what it's supposed to help people lessen their uh seizures i think mm-hmm. when they deal with that oh. and that's what it was originally created for and it just so happened to be like incredibly fat burning. So, of course, you know, people pounced on that and marketed yeah. it because yeah. like you do. <laughs> I will say I've owned that. I've, I'm not I'm not on the keto diet, but I will say that it does have a very cult like following. Yes. But the one person that I know that's on it has talked to her nutritionist about this. And knows that it's not a long-term thing. And I think that's one of the hard parts of, like, these fad diets is knowing that you can't do this forever. Like, it's not... It's not a long-term thing. It's It's not an end-all, be-all to fixing anything. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So do we want to... Yep, next. Move on to the next? Okay. So This was the one that I might have worded on. All right. Um, is it fat shaming to instead of offering the same items in more styles, more sizes, start a completely different and new similar clothing line exclusively for plus sizes, but with some of the design sneak in a lower quality fabric? Yeah, absolutely. Why would you use lower quality? Basically, fabric? I'm talking about Hot Topic and Torrid, and like this is one that like I think is worth like debating a little bit because like I. A lot of my customers do really like Torrid, and I don't know if it's just because it's like that's what there is. Um, it, and I know they is, have some cute pieces. Yeah, um, they do. Mm-hmm. But you know, admittedly, they are of like lesser quality. I wouldn't expect a, a piece I got from Torrid to last me more than maybe two years of regular wear. You know, to, I, I'm talking more about like the pop culture pieces. You know, like there's a lot of um you know like everyday wear kind of stuff like business casual kind of stuff that's really high quality but as far as like the pop culture stuff it really doesn't it's not made to last and it is you know made of like the lesser quality for sure yeah Um, i remember when torrid came out um because hot topic like 
was really big at the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm, it probably still is, and I'm just like older now. But yeah, um, um, hot topic is still the thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, <laughs> so um, like, I remember like Tord came out, and you know, it was supposed to be kind of like the plus size version of Hot Topic, but they didn't sell the same things. No, they sold, they sold like business wear and like like yeah, yeah I thought that well, well, was like the plus clothing. size of and, limited, or and something. everyone was yes, that it was more like the plus size of limited. That is what the style seemed to be. And see, I remember was a like, point. What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, why? I remember a time when uh, like Torrid used to have like the very like the the gothic kind of punk rock sort of stuff that Hot Topic used to carry too, but like the more plus size edge. But I think maybe th- I, I think, think they... when it initially came out, it was more like what Arkita and I are remembering, and then it mm-hmm. switched to what you're saying because people were like, "What the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now, but like now, what I'm noticing is that like Torrid, like instead of being like, "Okay, yeah, we're just gonna carry this in more sizes," it's like, "Okay, like we're gonna make it like a bit different, or else we're it's not gonna get that character." It's an entirely different collection. We'll do, like, a totally different. Yeah. yeah. So they can do and like slightly cheaper fabrics. Yeah, that is what it is across like the the the, the Trinity, the pop culture store Trinity of um, Hot Topic Torrid and now Box Lunch, where whenever whenever they come out with like a new capsule collection, you know, showcasing something in geek culture, each one of them has their own separate but equal air quotes equal um, collections of different different items. You know, like I, I remember there was a point. I'm a huge fan of Sailor Moon. Um, uh, but that all three stores came out with their own separate capsule collections and had like, I think that there was a little bit of an overlap with the uh, hot topic and Torrid that they had a couple of, of the same items just with extended sizes at Torrid. But yeah, it's just, they're, they're trying to, they, they create this sort of this separate but equal mentality in that sense. And I don't, I don't particularly think that that's fair because there, you know, there are certain things I would, love if they came in my size but they you know of course don't and i'm like who makes those decisions of what goes where and what goes to what sizes so it's hard yeah it's it's, sometimes it's all about how much money do you have left over at the end of whatever to buy more (laughs) sizes yeah um but i'm just gonna say it either way as much as i love all the pop culture stuff they have i think either of them they don't have that great of a quality it's always super no. shiny it's always like a bad polyester <laughs> it's, it's yeah. always like an overprint on a jersey i'm like come on give or me it's a like, dart or something or like a lot of it is just incredibly tacky you know yeah like, i mean there are some there are some gems in the junk you know there are. Tell you, there but are. they're so few and far between and god help you if you're a plus size because they they seem to really cater it towards but even like <sighs> their sizing now no matter what it is like their sizing is junior sizes because mm. i just wear like a double xl 2x sometimes and i'm like i don't know what size i am like in my mind i'm like i don't think i'm a 2x <laughs> but then like in some people some of it i'm like oh yeah i'm a medium large but then another i'm like why am i wearing a 2x and it's like Pick one lane and stay in it with your sizing because it's very yeah. confusing. And that in and itself is just it messes with your your perception of your body because you're just like, so what am I? Am I a medium or am I a two XL? Yeah, and it's just nothing makes sense. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm like a fucking, ready to wear fashion. Like whatever. Fuck. Like what, like even when I made like the only thing I ever made that were sized were 
my tutus, and I and I refuse mm. to call them by sizes. I rename them all like bodacious and like luscious, like, like, and curvaceous, precious. and like just like they're like different words. And I was like, I was like, look, like I don't want people to like feel bad when they look at my clothing tag. I want them to feel good, and I don't. I don't know. Like I understand that. Like I guess like like me like large corporations like can't do things like that and that's like the joy of like being a small business but mm. just the idea of anyone like feeling bad in my clothes is like not what i want no and like i don't know i i just like think ceos somewhere <laughs> need to think about that shit but yeah i guess i don't have to because they're making think billions of dollars and they're uh, not thinking about I maybe if i were making you. billions of dollars i'd stop thinking about that shit but i hopefully not <laughs> um was that the last question um the last there's one more it was uh it was like a fill in and it was like if they're if our listeners or our story viewers were comfortable in sharing some of the fat shaming experience of experience if they've had or they've been able to relate to um so for one somebody said that larger sizes are only available online and you can't try them on in store Mm. and that really pisses me off like that is an automatic no for me if a company does that um just yeah especially because of the fact that like you know, like we had mentioned before, it's like a size 12 in one store could be the equivalent to like a size eight in another store because there's really no, there's no regulation in like ready to wear sizes. So it, there, there's no guarantee that like if you, if you quote know that you are a size 12, that that size 12 in this store is going to fit you off the rack. It's, yeah. It, and it's something I run into a lot with my job is, you know, you with bras, you have to try them on because you do because like a 38 D in like one brand is not going to be the same thing as a 38 D in another brand, especially the the point of origin of where those brands are because of like the different like the, the desired silhouettes and things like that. So, desired silhouettes. Uh, I, I'm also I work in intimate. Yeah. The desi- desired silhouettes. Sometimes, if the brand is based in another country, like how do their body types fit? Yeah. How do like it's all about that body type and it's, yeah, like it's so many like things. UK brands tend to like the you know the silhouette of like the breast to be rounder and separated a lot more, which American women look at that and they're just like no what no i don't like because, that i hate that in american bras yeah I, because it's all like tits it's, the, it's the push-up it's the the in and up that's an american bras and like yeah. i personally don't think that that's attractive especially because of like with my huge tracts of land that's just, just i'm like i i don't i don't need my boobs up to my chin thank you very much like it's just too much I, I, it's not practical but yeah. You know, also, just... there is no standard women's size. No, there's not. Right. Like, there's a standard men's size, but women's sizes are just based on what that pattern maker and designer wants mm-hmm. the sizing to be. Another one, which is really... It, it, this actually infuriates me. One of our listeners said they once had a customer tell them that he'd go out with them if they lost 10 pounds. What oh. in the mother loving <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? I hope this person is listening and he should know that I'm gonna hex him right now. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's start a coven. 
<laughs> hex. All of you. All of you fuckboys get hexed. It- mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. That's fucked up. Uh, oh! in, in what situation do you think that that's okay to say to somebody? Jeez. And who's to say she wants to go out with you either? Definitely. Yeah. Right? Um, Margaret, maybe you can help with this one. Mm-hmm. Plus size femmes want cute nerdy panties that actually fit our asses properly. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is... visit, br- visit bra savvy. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I will say a brand that I, I don't even, I freaking love them is Agashi by Christina, by Christina O. And I've been following her stuff for years now, literally years. Can you, she started can you out spell making it? like um A G A S H I. Okay. <laughs> I'm pulling that uh, up right now. I'm looking maybe, at maybe it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll like um, make a post that's like a list of body products mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't even know if they are. I just I just pulled this website up and I'm about to buy <laughs> everything on here. She's got like the senshi, the sailor yes, senshi like lingerie. Like, yes. She had started out making like these um <laughs> bra harnesses and her harnesses were intricate and gorgeous and I was in love with that. Velvet she bat wings. Moving. Oh yeah, she uh. moved into like more lingerie and sleepwear and stuff like that and I I've been obsessed oh this is this is so good thank you for sharing this with me (laughs) and i know if you reach out to her she'll she'll make you things she'll make custom things for anybody this is gorgeous this this is gorgeous um where was i going um oh nerdy underwear nerdy underwear there and maybe if i decide to like actually make underwear again like make it make it who knows because that's what i'm trained to do is make bras and panties in the in uh, the arcade and I always joke that we're twins. Like, <laughs> so like I like yeah. uh, like my my senior my whole senior uh, designs were all nerdy lingerie. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, and my high school senior design was a wedding dress plus the nerdy lingerie plus the nerdy. Which is dress. funny because I started out as a wedding dress designer. Oh <laughs> my god! Please uh, let's stop just... it. And, our, and Arkita is about to get a Harley Quinn tattoo, and I have a Harley Quinn tattoo. <laughs> And she's gonna get a Coney Island one, and Coney Island one. So we're twins, and that's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> and Jenny's like our middle sister, even though we're. <laughs> Jenny's younger than us. <laughs> yeah. So let's move back to the show. Yeah. Because um, we've already talked about Gabe a little bit, and and his character. The troll that Annie has. Do you really yeah. like the last? Yeah, that's, he's been taunting her for several episodes. Because I'm so again, like I said this in the Captain Marvel episode. Like I'm so used to men writing things, so like I was like thinking she was gonna end up going in in his apartment. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, God damn it, please don't end this. No, I had the same. <laughs> like when he invites, I had that same. When he invites her in for a drink, I was like half convinced that she was just gonna go. Okay, and I was like, No, just yeah. Just... When she said no, I was like, Oh my god! Like I think we all had that moment where maybe she would because she was at such a low point in her life before. Like maybe it's coming back, mm-hmm. and in her saying no was so impactful and so important because she's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was weird that, 
that was how they portrayed him, though. Like, that he apologized. Yeah. That he admitted that... It wasn't sincere. I don't think it was sincere. Except, I think, it wasn't a sincere apology, but it was weird. I guess I... Like, it makes me wonder what would happen if you actually confronted an internet troll. And I... I think it does depend on the person you mm. you confront because I'm sure some will double down and some will uh, maybe do that too. I, I, I don't know. I have had the experience um, where, uh, not in person but online, I have, you know, like there has been like a like trolls on a status and I have like taken the time to like argue my point with them about why they are being like misogynistic or whatever. And then the, <laughs> they will email me an apology Hmm. Okay. Um, wow. But then it's not sincere. They'll, it's just like. But it's interesting that they would even go to the effort of doing that. Well, well, the whole point is they need interaction. I mean, like they're right. commenting like a hundred times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then they they add you as a Facebook friend, <laughs> and you feel this weird. Oh my sense god! Of, yes, and you feel this weird sense of obligation to like be, be like willing to like discuss like feminism no. with this person no um because like maybe you'll change one mind and then you realize a fucking hour later they're like no like this person is still terrible and they're just like they just needed a woman to talk to them yep oh my gosh like Pretty that's much. yeah so much. so like i've had like similar interactions where like then like it doesn't go the way that they want and they're just like no, like, 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 not, like, I haven't had them, like, quite snap in that way, but act generally like small children. Right. Yeah. Wow. So That's I don't think, I don't think that was that far off of a, okay. uh, actual I, I don't, thing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I wasn't I, sure. I think that's, uh, I think it's, uh, kind of similar to, like, uh, how, like, we we're talking about how, like, like, um, like, men will, like, hit on you and then you'll... Be, and then be, say you're yeah. ugly yes. when you're not a Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like kind of how it rang to me. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely empowering that she like, just like tried to like throw a brick through his ah! window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, it crosses my mind so many times where I just like, all I want to do is react violently in this situation. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't be that person. But I'm like, if I had a rock in my hand, like, it would be it would make contact with your face so quickly. Oh, yeah. So yeah, outside of like body shaming that we see in Shrill, like in the nerd community, there's so much like there's so much body shaming within the cosplay community, like on online, like on social media and like at conventions and like geeky clothing i guess too i mean not even i guess but yeah they definitely do body shame within like geeky clothing brands and regular ready-to-wear brands but yeah like you you cosplay are you you're not a huge cosplayer but like have has your experience been like positive or gatekeeping or oh this is to me sorry um well i'm fairly new at it you know i've only been doing it for the past couple of years um but Generally, my experience has been very positive, and I don't know if it's just because I'm coming into this sort of late in the game when, you know, the rules have been changing, you know, where 
conventions are really enforcing this cosplay does not equal consent sort of mentality. Um, and they want it to be as inclusive as possible. Like, I don't know if it's just because the environment is changing or if it's because of the characters that I choose to cosplay. I tend to go towards ones that are a little bit more aligned with my body type. Like, um, Ursula is one of my favorite ones to do. Um, Amethyst from Steven Universe. These characters who are just unapologetically, you know, plus size characters. They're very curvy. Um, and I think that that just resonates in that sense like I'm able to be able to like channel them a little bit more accurately so I get a lot more over overwhelmingly positive response from that um but yeah generally I haven't really had any issue with it though I know it happens and you know I've I have thought of like expanding my repertoire like I have a couple characters who aren't you know canonically plus size characters that I've considered and I've always been kind of nervous about it because of the fact that, like, you know, well, what if somebody says something? It's like, oh, you're too fat to be Sailor Mercury, that kind of thing. It's like, ugh. I don't know. Th yeah. There there has been a lot of hesitation, like, that has come to mind. But I don't think in the long run that it's going to – I don't think it's going to be, the like, the deciding factor of whether or not I choose to cosplay a character. And I don't think that it should be. Absolutely not. But the – yeah, no, it shouldn't. But the fact that there is hesitation means that, like, we all know that it mm -hmm. exists. We see it out there. Like, we see it on a daily basis. Like, I was just looking online at this very well-known black cosplayer, and she was cosplaying as someone from a video game character. <laughs> and I shit you not, the comments she got about being a black girl in cosplay when the character is white. And one person, their comment was, She's not even cosplaying. She just has her hair and her clothing in the same outfit. And I'm like, it, that's cosplay. Is it? Isn't it? And it's like, she's still black. And somebody else like did the SpongeBob meme where they typed every other letter little in response to it. And I was like, do you know? Like, I, I should you do not. Do you know what you sound like? Said. Do you? And it's like, the fact that you already see this every day, you know it exists. We know it's out there. It's already like makes it. It already. It's already made it scary to think about doing these characters because mm -hmm. you're already worried about what is going to happen or what the result is going to come of it if you decide yeah. to work this out. And oh, another thing that just popped into my head. Um, the like a lot of the the factors of consideration of um what characters I choose to cosplay. Um. I'm not very handy with a sewing machine, so a lot of the the things that I do are sort of like, um, I guess, closet cosplay is a good thing mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Or like, I, I am not above purchasing pre-made, you know. Go for yeah. it. I'm all for but it. But the problem is finding, you know, pre-made cosplay that co goes up to my size. Like, there are not very, mm -hmm. there are not that many companies that will do it, and you know, sometimes you run into, like, if you get it, like, on eBay, it's coming from China, it's coming from, like, the Asian sizing, I guess is what yeah. that is. So it's like, their equivalent of an X, like, a, of a, what, like, what I would fit into would be considered a 6XL on their site. And, like, yeah. you know, God help you if you can find something that goes up to that size. So that, like, that has been a limiting factor. And it is, it is sort of like a fat shaming thing in that, right? It's like feeling like I'm not skinny enough to be able to cosplay a character I love. Um, yeah. But it has sort of kind of given me this like prickle of inspiration to get a sewing machine and just be like, fine, I'll just do it myself. But yeah. 
I don't know how far I'm going to take that, though. <laughs> well, I, I hope you do, because I love all the cosplays that you do. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that whatever you end up doing will be really cute and fun. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I... I will, to like relate to cosplaying and just on track of mental health, um, I want to read an email that a customer sent me um, who did a photo shoot with me. I'm, she asked for her name to be anonymous, but she told me that it would be okay to read this on the air. Um, and this is such a wonderful thing to like get emails like this, like kind of on the regular, um, with my business, but I'm leaving out the parts that are like a little bit too, like, uh, um, too positive about little puddle just because I'm a weirdo and <laughs> I can't say that nice of things about myself. Um, but this is more just like in lines of like how just like finding clothing that actually fits you really does affect your mental health. Yeah. Um, so what she wrote was, I will never forget the feeling of realizing that I was safe in your photo shoot. I know that's a kind of weird way to start out, but hear me out. I have always had an uncomfortable relationship with my body, one that has survived an eating disorder, body dysmorphia, and yo-yo dieting. I didn't typically cosplay because I feel like I'm not the right body type or size for characters I love. And while I'm part of, um, I'm going to leave out what community she's part of to keep her anonymous. Uh, I, it's a cosplay community. I always felt like I looked huge in my costumes. Everything changed when I got that dress and had that photo shoot with you. In giving me this beautiful garment made with my actual measurements, I felt amazing and worthy, and getting to take pictures in it was like a celebration of it. Any other time with any other person, I would be where, and I, I'm sorry that says like any other person. I think this was just like... Any other brand? Yeah, again, it's fine. It's okay, fine. sorry, I'm such a fucking weirdo with my own mental it's health fine. shit that just, I can't even like, say a nice thing about myself. Anyway, whatever. Any other time with any other person, I would be worried about being judged for my size, my roles, etc. I expect to hear talk about how a certain style would take attention away from my belly or tuck something in. The realization that I didn't have to fear that from you and that you actually believed I looked great was more liberating than I can ever express. And even when brain chemistry makes me doubt, I have the fact that I was in a gorgeous photo shoot with amazing women and pictures to prove it, to reinforce that I'm worthy. She goes on to say a bunch of other super fucking amazingly nice stuff. But then um, she's like, please know that you have gifted the world with such a kind, creative, uplifting presence by just being you. Um, uh, I know full well that doubts come to all of us, especially those of us with anxiety and depression, but you've gifted us uh, with memories and photos reminding us of our worth. And I hope you can look back on your work and community and let it remind you of how amazing you are and how much you've given. Um, so just like reading that, like really like if I ever had any doubt about like if my like opinions on like not charging more and showcasing models of all sizes and everything like didn't have to do with mental health if like i ever had that type of opinion i would be like nope like it definitely does like right. it's definitely related to mental health like this is like literal proof yeah. <laughs> like that's a very very sweet letter yeah yeah um i just think it's like i just think it's powerful to know how much of an impact something yeah. like clothing can have on your For sure. mm -hmm. it does it really does and i see it a lot at my job too just like i've had 
I've had customers like break down in tears in my fitting room because, you know, we finally found them something that actually fits and they're seeing themselves in this way for the first time. And it's, you know, just being in the perspective of like being able to help that person. It's, it's a very empowering and it just, it, it's a good feeling and I can't, yeah. you know, that's something that like, I feel like everyone needs to know is a thing. Mm-hmm. Do we have any final thoughts on Shrill? I can't wait till season two comes out. Uh, me too. I'm going to rewatch yeah. it just for my happiness. <laughs> yeah, know? if you haven't watched it yet, um, you are in for a fucking treat. <laughs> and I'm excited to see where where they're going to take it next because it's like she she's definitely like found her voice, but I I feel like Annie's got a long way to go as far yeah. as you know building up her confidence. Um, it's like I. I hate the fact that she went back to Ryan, but you know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that that develops into. I, I'm I'm curious to see where that's going to develop. Is what I, you know, I'll put it out there. Is that it's like is he is he going to grow and change, or is she just going to be like fed up with his bullshit and you know go for uh, go for Fran's brother? Oh my God, such, <laughs> an upgrade. Uh-huh. such an upgrade. Why, why am I f- blanking on his name now? Is it Lionel? Right, because he was only in. Yeah, he was in one episode, and he was perfect. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the show could have ended right there, and I would have been happy. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, review, and rate us. Our social medias are fandom and wellness on Instagram, fandom and wellness on Facebook. And Fandom Wellness on Twitter. Also, if you want bonus content, we're posting weekly geek sessions to our Patreon. Your support means that we can continue to improve the podcast. So join our fangirl family at patreon.com slash fandom and wellness. We will also be at AwesomeCon at the Little Pedal and Fan Mail booth, which is in the Vendor Hall booth 720. So come by uh, and say hi if you're there. Uh, we are also doing our first panel ever on Friday, uh, April 26th from 7.30 to 8.15 in the Pride Alley room. So room and 152? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's followed by our Avengers Endgame private screening after party, which we will apparently teleport to because it starts at 8.15. Oh, jeez. <sighs> The actual screening will start a little later, but the screening is the movie up. starts at eight forty-five. Yeah, woo! Um, but yeah. get there early so you can check in and and put your and put, and uh, put your raffles raffle tickets in, in for all and our get the amazing. best seats. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margo, do you want to say our sign off? Sure. Uh, thanks for listening, and remember, be kind and take no shit. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Thanks for being on. Yay.